0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at Well, Good morning. It is so good to be up here again. This is my second time standing up here to preach, and that's really exciting for me. Uh, The first time, you know that they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, The second time, they either liked what they heard or think I need a lot more practice. And either way, I will take it and be excited about it. Uh, My family just recently got back from our first trip to Disney World. How many of you have ever been there to Disney World? A lot of you. That's great. It's a great place. Uh, We had a blast. Uh, But there's so much to do when you get there. Has anybody ever felt overwhelmed by how much there is to do when you get there? You see, there was so much that in the four days we were in the park, there was no way that we were possibly going to see everything that we wanted to see. And so we prioritized our time. We made plans. We were strategic. We made fast passes. We went to ride Frozen Ever After, and, and we rode the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. We rode It's a Small World so many times that the song still haunts me in my sleep to this day. We went in the Haunted Mansion. We, we ate at Chef Mickey's. We even had breakfast with the princesses. You know what we didn't do? We didn't sleep. We didn't have time at all. It just, it just wasn't something that was important to us on this trip. Well, see, that's a normal way of prioritizing our time. We, we do what's important first and get to the rest if we have time. Well, this is the last week of our series called For Our Neighbors. And I'm afraid that some of you may be tempted to check out early, to assume that we've already processed through all the good stuff and to think of this week as less important than all the rest. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. Today we're talking about prayer. And the reason we're talking about it last is intentional. See, here's the thought process. Now that you know how big the job is that Jesus has given to us, you know that you can't do it without his help. When I moved into my office um, not too long ago, um, the first thing I did was to unload all the books on my bookshelf. Uh, The second thing I did was decide to rearrange my office. Okay, makes perfect sense to do it in that order, right? Well, so I I didn't know anybody at the church, really. I had just started, and so I didn't want to ask for help, so I went in there, and I, I got on one side of the bookshelf, and I pushed, and I pushed, and I pushed, and nothing happened. Now, if you've never seen my office, this is what some of the shelves on my bookshelf look like. I've got all kinds of bobblehead dolls that are spread out across them. As I pushed, that bookshelf didn't budge an inch, but you know what did move? Freddie Freeman, Batman, and Rick Grimes' head bounced up and down on these bobblehead dolls like they were laughing at me. And that made me really mad. And so you know what I did the next day? I came back with a few of these. These are sliders. These are tools that we use to help us move furniture. I stuck one under each of the four corners. I pushed that bookshelf, and that thing went across the room so fast you'd think it was being chased by a walker. It was funnier than you acted, but you need to watch more TV. That's all right. Uh, This series is about moving something a whole lot more stubborn than a bookshelf. This series is all about moving human hearts. It's about changing the world where you live, work, and play. See, you can give it all you've got. You can do everything that we've been trying to teach you to do in this series, and you're still going to come up short unless you use the right tool to support your actions. And that tool is prayer. I want us to look at a story in the Bible today that demonstrates this in a really powerful way. So if you've got your Bibles, your Bible apps, go ahead and open up to Joshua chapter 10. Just leave your Bibles open. We're going to get there in just a second. Let me tell you how the story begins. It begins with a guy named Joshua who's taking over as the the new leader of the Israelite people. Now, as the new leader, God has given him the task of taking the Israelites to war. Nothing like going big on your first week, right? But Joshua trusts God, and so he sets out to take over the land of Canaan. Now, first, Joshua attacked one of the most powerful and well-fortified cities in the land. That city was named Jericho. Many of you, if you grew up in church or especially in children's church, you remember this story. Remember the walls came tumbling down? You know, Joshua conquered Jericho and several other cities in the region. And as a result, he strategically split the land of Canaan in half. Now there's a northern district and a southern district, and he can attack them separately. It's kind of like if he were going to take over Georgia. He'd drive right through the heart of Macon first. He can attack the northern half and the southern half separately. All the people in Canaan were becoming nervous about Joshua's presence and his progress and the victories that he was having in these different areas. And so one particular group sets out to trick Joshua into signing a peace treaty. This group is called the Gibeonites, and because Joshua didn't take the time to consult with God, their trick worked. Sometime later, when the other cities in Canaan find out about Gibeon's cowardly move, five of the superpowers in the southern district come together to attack the Gibeonites. As they attack the Gibeonites, Gibeonites send word to Joshua, and they say, You've got to come help us. Joshua marches with his army 24 miles all night long to defend the Gibeonites. Why? Because the treaty required it. Now, as Joshua shows up, his presence is so strong that those five armies that were attacking the Gibeonites retreat to try and become safe from Joshua and his army. Joshua sees an opportunity. You see, he's eventually going to have to attack and do battle with each and every one of these cities. Each of those battles would be tiring and they would be difficult because of how well fortified these cities were. But at that very moment, all five of these armies had come out into the open and Joshua sees an opportunity to take them all out at once. Now listen, Joshua is willing and he's ready to act. He's pushing on the bookshelf. He's putting sweat and effort into the task that God has given him. But regardless of how much energy he exerts into the problem, he's still not able to be successful. Why? Well, it's not because he's not strong enough. It's not because he's not strategic enough. It's simply because there's not enough time left in the day. Can anybody relate to Joshua's problem right now? There's not enough time left in the day. He's going to fail miserably as these armies retreat into the darkness and they, they hide and they're, they're safe from Joshua. That's when Joshua makes a bold request. And this is why we're focusing on this story this morning. Look with me in Joshua 10, verses 12 through 14. It says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, "'Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Agilon.' So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jeshar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel.'" Go big or go home, right? Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still, and God did it. You see, in the chapter before, Joshua had neglected to consult with God, and and he was paying for it. But in this chapter, he proves that he has complete faith and trust in the power of prayer. And so in that moment, he asked God to do the impossible. He says, God calls the sun to stand still. Remove this obstacle. Clear the path. To victory, And that's exactly what God does. You see, this is what Joshua did here. Joshua combined the right tool with the right actions. And as a result, God gave him the ability to conquer the entire southern region of Canaan all in one fell swoop. Prayer allowed Joshua to accomplish an impossible task. This is the big question that should be rolling around in your head right now. What does Joshua's story have to do with me and my life? You see, God's not sending us to war. He's not asking us to lead an army. He's not asking us to wipe out our enemies. But God has given us an impossible task. Flip on over to Matthew chapter 28. This is a passage that we've read over and over and over throughout this series. It's a a passage that we've really built this series around. It's one that, quite frankly, you should have about memorized by now. But In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, "...then Jesus came to them, being the disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Our job as Christians is to make disciples. Our job is to change the world by introducing people to the love of Jesus Christ. You see, last week we unpacked this a little bit, and Craig taught us that the word go here means as you go. As you go about your life, wherever you live, work, and play, you have been tasked by God to change the world. Is anybody overwhelmed by that? Does anybody's mind go exactly like mine does, right to all the obstacles and all the reasons this will never work? You see, when I think about this and and the task that God has given to us, I immediately start to think there's too much fear There's too much uncertainty in my heart. There's too much hostility. There's too much contentment in the hearts of the people that I've been called to reach. You see, people are set in their ways and there's too much in this world that pulls people away from the love of Jesus Christ. The list goes on and on as to why we will never be able to accomplish this task. That's why I start to think, God, you must have a plan B because you can't change the world. I can't change the world. We can't change the world. But this story shows us that through us, God can. You see, when God spoke to Joshua all the way back in Joshua chapter one, he said, Be strong and courageous. He didn't say it once, he didn't say it twice. He said it three times. You know why he said it three times? Because Joshua was overwhelmed by the task in front of him. And he needed reassurance that he wasn't going to do it alone. God was going to go with him. God was going to help him succeed. Flip back to Matthew chapter 28. And I want to read how this passage ends. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Listen, God gives us the same promise He gave to Joshua. We are not alone. Listen, that's not a coincidence. We have the power of God living inside of us. And that power is capable of doing more than you and I could ever imagine. A couple years ago, I took my daughters to, uh, to McDonald's for an ice cream Sunday. This is going to make sense in just a minute, I promise. It was during that promotion where they gave away free stuff. Did anybody else win free stuff when they were doing this? <laughs> just me. Okay, um... I was at McDonald's, and I was ordering these ice cream sundays, and they don't cost but about a dollar a piece, and so I asked for three ice cream sundays. Um, the lady behind the register s- kind of smiled at me. She said, are you sure that's all you want? What else can I get for you? I said, no, no, it's just the ice cream sundays." She said, are you sure you don't want to add something else to your order? And I'm thinking, when did they get so pushy at McDonald's? I've never known them to work on commission before, but I assured her. I said, I, I just want the three sundays. Thank you very much. That's when she told me that my order was free. You know, I walked away that day thinking, I guess I should have ordered more. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think this is how many of us approach our relationship with God. You see, I think God is sometimes engaged in our prayer life, and he's listening to us talk, and he's in heaven going, is, is that all? Are you sure you don't, wanna, you don't want something more? Are you sure you don't want to see what I'm capable of doing in in your community, in your environment? You see, I think the same God that gave Joshua victory over the sun is waiting on us to fall on our knees and ask him to show up just like that right here in Milledgeville. Listen, I have been guilty before of, of playing it safe in my prayer life. I've been guilty at times of of spending time with God without ever really expecting God to move. I think we've all done that before. But I also think that's why we become bored with the idea of prayer. You see, you can't read about Joshua's experience and not become excited about what prayer can do. Because prayer releases the power of God in our lives. Is God going to give us everything that we ask for? Absolutely not. And I am very, very grateful for that. But when I focus on being at the center of God's plan for my life, when I focus on accomplishing the task that He's put on my heart, I think it's our responsibility as Christians to stop sitting idly by and to take those obstacles to God and say, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. Remove this so that I can be successful. This is what 1 Corinthians 3.9 says. It says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You see, we work with each other, but we also work with God. How many of you are basketball fans? Anybody? I know we've got some Georgia football fans right now, Uh, but how many basketball fans? A few of you. I wasn't much of a basketball fan in 1990, mostly because I was four years old. Um, But I did read about a game in which Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls um, scored a career, uh, a record-setting number of points in that game. He scored 69 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, in that same game, there was a man named Stacy King who's right here with him, and Stacy was in one of his very first games on the team, and he played for 17 minutes, and in that 17 minutes, he missed four shots from the field, and he made only one of two free throws for a grand total of one point. A few days later, he was asked in an interview, what is your greatest memory so far of playing in the NBA? What's your greatest experience up to this point? And Stacey didn't hesitate. He said, I'll never forget that night that Michael Jordan and I together scored 70 points in a single game. (laughs) That's what happened to Joshua. You see, God scored the points. Joshua was just excited to be a co-worker on his team that got to play a small role in what God was doing in that area. That's how we partner with God. That's how we change the world. We commit ourselves to prayer. And not just any prayer. If we're going to be successful at accomplishing the things that God has asked us to accomplish, it's going to require bold, sun-stopping prayers from action-oriented believers who want to see God move in a big way. How many of you want to be a part of something like that? You see, living for our neighbors is great. But listen, our goal is to make Milledgeville, Georgia the hardest place in the world to go to hell from. I heard a preacher say that one time, and I got so excited, I got fired up. I didn't even live in the community he was talking about, and I was ready to go out and get to work. Well, here's what I've decided. I've decided that we're going to give him some competition. Because if we're going to compete for anything in this world, that ought to be it. We're going to make Milledgeville, Georgia the hardest place in the world to go to hell from. That kind of thing only happens when we lock arms together and we commit ourselves to prayer. If you want to be a part of something like that, I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. If you want to be a part of something that big, the change that's going to happen in this community, I want you to stand up. And you need to understand, I'm not asking if you want to attend the church. I'm asking if you want to be the church. I'm not asking if you want to give it 10%. I'm asking if you want to give it all you've got. I'm not asking if you're strong enough or capable enough. I'm asking if you trust God enough. If you want to be a part of something like that, I want you to look around right now. This place is full of people who want to make a difference in this community just like you. Man, if that doesn't get you excited, you don't need to be standing up right now. Because together we can make a difference in this world. If we communicate with God and say, God, I want you to move in a big and powerful way. You see, in the book of Acts, it tells us that the church came together and the church prayed. And after the church finished praying, the ground shook beneath them. That's what we want to have happen in Milledgeville, Georgia. We want to pray as a church and we want the ground to shake with God's presence in this community. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Typically, when we say a prayer, we raise our hand up, and and we all say a prayer together. We're going to do that now, but instead of raising your hand up towards the stage, I want you to all turn around, because we're not praying about what happens up here on the stage. We're praying about what's going to happen out here in the community, and so I want you to turn around. I want you to face the walls. If you want to get really technical and you know about where your house is, you can look in that direction, but I want you to raise your hand up, and I want us to pray for God to move in a powerful way northridge christian church i want us to be a sun stand still church full of sun stand still christians that pray sun stand still prayers because we believe that it releases the power of god in our lives and in the lives of the people around us you see god can move mountains and we want to see him move right here and right now we've seen god move before we want to see him move again Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.